This episode of the Up for Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by the death of individual thought and an embracing of the all-powerful collective hive mind. Are you keeping up with all the K's? Are you following that movie star on them twatter so you can retwat what they're eating or when they're taking a poop? Are you ascending to a higher plane of thinking by sharing that one story about that thing you thought was cool but in no way could be real on the social medias? Yes to all of the above? Welcome fellow super internet user star. So glad you could make it. Sometimes it's hard being a super internet user star, but the most important thing to do is to follow everyone humanly possible and do everything that everyone else is doing. It doesn't matter if they know you or even know that you're doing it. All that matters is that you know that you're losing your individuality and surrendering it to someone who might know what they're doing because we all know deep down you have no idea what the fuck you're doing or who you should be or what the fuck twatter was purposely intended to be used for in the first place. You just don't want to be the one left behind asking questions about where we're all headed if we keep this up because that person is a loser and not hip and cool. Embrace the collective of the super internet user stars. Check yourself at the door and be someone else. Yes, come to see you. I say now Benson, Welcome to episode 168 of Up for Discussion, an emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. I'm Tom Zalatni. I'm Adrian Schoen. We've got two guests in the studio with us tonight. They are co-hosts of the podcast Lasers on the Ride, Ooh. Jay and Mike. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. How are yeah, you doing? Great. Good, good. Super excited to have you in here tonight. Yeah, nice to be here. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So uh, you tell us, like, for the audience at home who haven't heard your show yet, like, what what is it? How do they like, how would you, what's your like elevator pitch for the show? Oh, oof. okay. Super funky. I would say if Philip K. Dick did a show for MTV <laughs> that featured only animals. Yeah. Yeah. Mom would be. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. I would too. I would too. Mom would be My goal it. is just selling this show. We'll worry about <laughs> the rest after. I mean, fill of a thousand dicks, man. Might <laughs> <laughs> be if, uh, if Spike Jones followed Tracy Morgan around for, uh, for 72 hours. Holy shit. I don't know if I could watch that. <laughs> I think I I think I'd watch that one first. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd watch I'd watch your version. Yeah, that's yeah. like a palate cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way I see. It. Yeah. Oh man, cool. Yeah. No, well, I mean, we're 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 music producers. We're friends. We're we're thinkers. You know, and um, yeah, that's kind of like uh, our, our podcast doesn't really have one specific direction. You know, we just kind of sit together. We talk. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, basically. And I think our, our whole thing is just interesting above everything. Right. If it if it's interesting, it's on the table for discussion. Cool. Everything's up for discussion. Uh, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it that way. <laughs> up discussion too. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I, I really like uh you guys have this like production thing that you do with like background music and sound effects that I think is really fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like, that you could that's give Mike credit for that. I mean, he spent hours in the studio kind of perfecting that. I don't know if you want to talk. Yeah. About well, it. I mean, it's fucking. I like the idea of building an experience. Uh, can we swear on this? Podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I like the idea of making an experience that you're a part of as you're on the podcast. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I like the like it's it's supposed to be an enjoyable experience right. outside of just something that you listen to you know what i mean coming there yeah mm -hmm. yeah the, like the process of actually sitting down and talking i mean it's fun i mean we come from a world where we're hanging out in the studio anyways making music and like talking shit is like half the fun of it right, right. so if you get in a room talking shit and we you know turn the microphones on you know, like cool stuff happens i like that uh like it took us a couple of uh, of episodes but we kind of uh created a format that allows us to, to have the freedom to be creative and, and, you know, take chances. And I mean, with Mike's editing, he's like, it allows us to weave together storylines that mm -hmm. like aren't really a, a single narrative. Yeah. It's know? like highly structured spontaneity. Nice. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. Yeah. I love it. 
And a uh, fun fact is Liz is on the Ride. The name Liz is on the Ride was a rap lyric that I wrote. Okay. And the second half of it was lightsabers on the side. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Not, not, not awesome enough for a song. Oh. <laughs> Just took it to For a podcast name. It works out. Oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Well, same thing with you guys, man. We would listen to your the production value and yours, uh, top notch as well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <clears throat> we. I I like to sort of. I like to do as little editing as possible. Yeah. So I'm usually just like, yeah, let's just like you know, talk and have kind of a structure about what we're talking about, but not have to do too much kind of cutting back and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really love listening to your show cause it's like, Oh shit, this is something I just like couldn't do. Like I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do it. You know, like you like, you listen to shows and you're like, okay, like I get how they do this. Like I know technically everything that they do to make this happen. I could do this if I wanted to, sure. like I could redo comedy bang, bang. I could redo like, you know, my brother, my brother and me, like any of these sort of like, you know, highly successful, but fairly like simple conceptually yeah you guys i'm like i couldn't do this <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't make my show sound like this it's so cool hey, that's, that's like a great compliment especially yeah, yeah. I well i mean i guess like coming from like a, a, the rap world that we come from like that's kind of what started us doing that too as well as yeah. like you know mm-hmm. what i mean both for both of us it was like the reason why we wanted to rap in the first place was because we wanted to do something that someone else couldn't do right. and it's like doing it in front of someone else is kind of like a magic trick Mm-hmm. Like if you could do it really well, it's like how the fuck did they just do that? Right. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. So, so yeah. that compliment, you know, is like that reigns like uh, <laughs> it's pretty high in our books. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was without giving away your secret um, when we went in to record with you guys, which I guess people will hear next week. Maybe. Next week. Yeah. Uh, when we went in to record with you guys, and I put on the headphones. I was like, oh shit, I'm in a different universe. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it was like yeah. it was completely immersed in this like different space to the point where when i took them off at the end of the recording it didn't feel like real life anymore yeah yeah whoa yeah i love that it's called the vortex man you call it the vortex yeah i love that (laughs) well it's also for a little bit for nerves too it takes away some of the nerves like it's like Mm -hmm. the the dead air kind of just makes everyone a little bit tense so like you know i mean if you have like Mm -hmm. crickets in the background it allows you to like crickets maybe isn't the best best example Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you have like uh, any any of the soundscapes that we use, it allows you to like I guess think more and not feel necessarily to fill in blank space with you know mm-hmm. bullshit. That's true. I've I've heard of um, a few directors that will give actors just like a, a soundtrack to listen to because like this is the tone of the scene that I want to have. Yeah. And you know when you put on music when you're walking around, like it changes your strut, it changes your attitude, mm-hmm. it changes the flow of how you talk. Uh, and it has such a huge influence on on your mental state and how you interpret and talk about things. So it's a really kind of cool center to 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 be in. Yeah, that's interesting. Thank you. <laughs> like that, but that's like the, someone else told us that too. It it, it creates a rhythm that mm-hmm. we weren't yeah. aware of when we kind of had it. it. Kind of when you have something playing in the background, it'll give you like a rhythm. To the, the way you say things. Yeah. yeah. Like I've been doing a lot of writing and I, I find it really difficult to do if there is not some sort of background noise to like occupy that 5% of my brain that's thinking too hard. Yeah. Uh, like it needs to shift off into something else. What um, do you, what do you usually uh, use for that? Uh, background uh, noise? Something that is enough to be in the background. Uh, if it's like my favorite song that right, I'm going right, to get right. like, you know, if it's meatloaf, I will do everything for love. I will stop and sing that song. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. You can still <laughs> It's like a nice little interlude that I can stop, sing this with my entire heart, and then move on to the rest of his catalog. Have you seen um, the VH by the, like? Have you seen the VH one uh, um, behind the music meatloaf? No, I haven't. It oh, is, it's heartbreaking, man. Really? Is heartbreaking. He is. He gives it. All <laughs> he gives it I all. I believe man. that. Yeah, I do believe it. All. <laughs> like there's this like like in his later years, he's just like collapsing on stage like every performance just because he's like exerting. I think it's probably drugs and alcohol. Drugs. Yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> just collapsing every performance, just sweaty and. <laughs> uh, it was definitely my favorite VH1 Beyond the Music I've ever seen. Oh, it's super interesting. Yeah, I don't know much about meatloaf as a a human. Um, just know that I enjoy that song when it comes on. <laughs> Do you like meatloaf the food? Oh, I 
fucking love meatloaf. I've never the had food. meatloaf. You've really? never had a meatloaf? No. Never. No. Whoa. No. I never had it until I was an adult and my husband made it for me and it's the fucking best. A meatloaf it varies. You know what I mean? Recipe to recipe. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can be horrible. Yeah. Standard meatloaf is what? Ground beef, ketchup, breadcrumbs sort Oof. of mixed together? Yeah, and then some like vegetables and stuff mixed in. Hmm. And then you like put ketchup in it. Isn't that what like the glaze on top is? Yep. What do you I use? I don't know. I don't know. Ooh. I have like a, a Brazilian mom, so it's no. So ketchup she's got in her it. own thing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. cool. Yeah. No, it's just a glaze of red sugar on top. It's just <laughs> it's delightful. <laughs> oh man, God, that's wonderful. <laughs> you know what else is wonderful? Patreon dot com, <laughs> guys. Back in the 1920s, stars used to get picked out at soda fountains and dances, taken under the wings of executives, and turned into stars. Unfortunately, there's no Daddy Warbucks in the podcasting industry, and we all gotta make it in our own way. Thankfully, Patreon.com gives you, yes, you, the opportunity to be the record executive who plucks us from not exactly obscurity and helps us make it in the big time. For as little as one, that's right, one dollar a month, you can help us keep up with the Kardashians. But remember, folks, the bigger the pledge, the bigger the role you play. To kickstart your career as a fat cat, run, don't walk, to patreon.com slash up for discussion. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us on Patreon, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Candace, Eric, Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Alex from Play the Mind, Jan, Jillian, pronounced Jillian, Killian, pronounced Killian, and Angie. And if you give at least five dollars a month, you get to tell us what to talk about once per cycle on the show. Adrian, who does off? first patreon topic come from our first topic comes from uh um killian <laughs> pronounced killian <laughs> um, who asks do you think the creation of celebrity status in the 1920s uh america has led to the hindrance of social development because of the dependency on tabloid journalism influencers insta stars etc and can i say i really like the idea that somebody went to kim kardashian up to him all and went you, you're going to be a star. <laughs> Just release one sex tape. <laughs> Stick with me, kid. You're going to be great. <laughs> yeah, that copy was excellent. By the way. <laughs> mm. Mm. So, so what do we think about, you know, internet celebrities and celebrity culture and whatnot? Well, Mike had a fun fact that he was telling me on the way over here that blew my mind wide open. Yeah, I just heard this is the Egyptian hieroglyphics. These are actually just gossip. It's all in servants' quarters, and they're telling stories of, like, this queen is fucking this army general, and this king is really gay, and he's fucking this guy. It is all tabloid journalism. Seriously. Hieroglyphics. But, like, they went back to, like, Vesuvius, like, where everything was, you know, taken out, like, in a a day by the volcano and preserved. And all the the graffiti is just, like, dicks. And (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's like the world never really changes. No, it really doesn't. (laughs) I believe that. I mean, if you go to that wailing wall in Israel where people fold up written prayers and shove them in, you pull those out. Half of them are just like, I gotcha. Here's my (laughs) (laughs) For a good time. Oh, my God. I love that. I love the thought of that. (laughs) That's crazy, though. That's real? That the hieroglyphics are just gossip? I haven't, like, verified it yet, but... (laughs) That's really neat. Sounds real. Yeah. I guess that is a good way to, like... there's some juicy stuff in there. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably a good way to, like, get a sense of a language, though, right? Is to read, like, what the people are saying? Yeah. Oh, for sure. As opposed to, like, an actual, like, legal text? That's why you see see kids in Armenia wearing... uh, wearing, Shaquille O'Neal jerseys talking like they're uh, they're Jay Z, you know what I mean? Oh, it definitely spreads. I, I was uh, sharing earlier with Tom. Uh, there's a story of uh, Charlie Chaplin, who is like really the world's first um, film star, like international yeah. mm. film star. And there's a story that there was just one day where everyone in America just thought Charlie Chaplin was going to show up, and there were like 800 <laughs> sightings of him all over the country, and people were just uh, crowded at train stations, like with signs, welcome Charlie Chaplin. He was not coming. It was just like there was a mass hysteria where everybody just believed he was going to show up because everybody had this relationship with somebody on film that they never had uh, that kind of relationship with somebody they didn't know before. And Do you mean everyone in various places? Yes, yeah, all over the country. Okay, yeah. <laughs> It was just this like mass moment where everybody believed this one thing that was not true. Yeah. But it was such a new experience for everybody. Nobody really knew how to handle it. 
why did oh, they why did they think he was coming yeah. to their like to their town nobody knows it's like one of those um you know like sometimes there's just stories of mass hysteria where you know like an entire town can't stop dancing for you know 40 hours or um they they did this story on legion that actually happened where there was a whole town where all of the cheerleaders ended up with these like nervous tics <laughs> and what? they were looking at um like you know some of the pollution and things that would cause it and it, it spread across the entire community that they kept having these physical ticks that they couldn't get rid of and nobody could really pinpoint what it was and it really was just a a, a mass hysteria <laughs> that caused a physical illness in in the community yeah that is weird. that sounds like a harmony korean film <laughs> yeah the cheerleaders with these weird ticks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's nuts. That's, that was one of the craziest. I thought the hieroglyphics thing was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is dropping bombs all over this place. That's crazy. How long ago was this? Uh, that was um, maybe in the... It wasn't that long ago. It was maybe the 80s, 90s. But that happens, though. Like, if you see somebody with a tick and you start talking to them, like, like just a little, like, if you start doing it, like, like a... Like a little upper lip take. Yeah. Sometimes like it'll it'll get contagious. Like someone else will do it. Yeah. You're saying takes transfer? Yeah. Well, okay, you know what I know transfer is? Is stomach growling. Like have you ever been lying like next to your girl and like her like her stomach starts growling and then your stomach starts growling? They said, yeah. Like, it's like a yawn. Yeah. But oh, I yeah. like has has anyone else noticed that about stomach growling? Yeah, but me and my lady we eat together a lot so. <laughs> i guess yeah, i was gonna say my stomach is constantly growling so. yeah i guess i just i i think there's something deeper i want to spend, spend the rest of my life looking into yeah. this i believe that though there is there's something to be said for like sympathetic bodily responses to things Perfect, when yes. like you you see someone going through something and you feel it to some extent right yeah, yeah. it's like it's like when you see someone who's been like injured you wince right yeah. like you're not feeling any pain but your body's like pain yeah Yeah, sympathetic response and then if you have like you know you like you laugh more when you're in a crowd than Mm. if you're by yourself at home um Uh, yeah yeah, totally it's true definitely it's like if you put on an episode of your favorite podcast uh, maybe i don't know for discussion or laces on the ride and you're (laughs) you know driving down the road and something funny happens if you're alone you're just like if you're with a group of friends you're like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> poor yeah but it's part of how we communicate yeah you know and uh to be able to telegraph how you're feeling to the people around you and if there are no people around you you don't need to do it hmm. um and i've been thinking like a lot about um propaganda because that's definitely something in the the news and uh, i've worked in advertising for a long time and just the subconscious response and, and the, the amount of credit that we don't give to it. But when you see something over and over and over and over again, it really just sits in your brain as yeah. something now that you know. And you don't realize you know it. You don't realize you've paid attention to it. But like all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I do think Casper is a good brand of mattress, you know? <laughs> <laughs> My brain immediately went, yeah, I do think Casper is a real nice ghost. <laughs> Man, maybe I'm just, I'm naive. I, I like until you mentioned that, I think I would have said before you like you said that I would have said I, I would be the type of person that'd be mentally strong enough to, to avoid these things. Right. But I don't think so. After like, you make a pretty good <laughs> argument for that, that there's a lot of bullshit kicking around our subconscious based on, you know, the things that we see like. Yeah, on and a it's daily just, basis, or it's such a continual flood. It's the stuff mm. that you don't pay attention to. Yeah, that gets you the most because you you think like if you're consciously thinking about it, you're like, mm, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is just a picture on the sidebar of an internet. Like mm. this is, this is not like corrupting my thought process right. or something. But like it's just going on in the background, and now you're familiar. And since you're familiar, it seems trustworthy. Yeah, um, you know, it's just like if you were some caveman looking for berries, and you're like. That berry I've seen before. I ate it. I didn't die. That berry is okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so the more familiar, the more comfortable you are. And then they can bridge you to that next step. Is there a word for that in advertising? Like the idea of like marketing for the potentiality of something? Uh, it's like you may not need this product yet, but when you need this product, you'll recognize our name. They call it prospecting. Prospecting. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I thought prospecting was just those. guys with this voice who dig for gold. <laughs> gold. I found gold. It's terrible. That's funny though. Yeah, the the power of suggestion is really effective. Eh? Yeah. It's like before we started recording, Teffer went out to get 
like drinks and snacks and asked Adrian if she wanted anything. And Adrian's like, yeah, Diet Coke would be great. And she said, are you sure you don't want a Cherry Coke Zero? And I will ask you guys, what is what is Adrian drinking oh now? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, would, I would go with a Cherry Coke Zero. Well, yeah, I mean. I'm so impressionable. If I see a commercial for, like, Doritos, I'm like, I haven't had Doritos in a real long Doritos time. Doritos are, so are good. real good. <laughs> I have a funny story. I, I was living in the Myland for, like, three months with this, like, hipster girl that was always on social oh, sorry, social media all the time and uh one time i i just been to my mom's place and, and she had uh diet coke diet vanilla coke mm-hmm. in, in her fridge and i just took one before i left and went back downtown and i put it in the freezer anyways like it explodes in the freezer yep i wake up the next morning to my facebook feed and it's my roommate who had posted about it. It's like, oh no! <laughs> like, look what horrible roommates do. Oh no! And she was hung over, and I fucking just barged into her room and like let her have it. Like, what the fuck? And I realized only after that, I I wasn't embarrassed about like being like careless about it exploding. I was embarrassed the fact that I was drinking a vanilla diet coke. <laughs> like, like awful. No. You didn't want people to know about your no. secret drink. Yeah, 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 no, it was like it's the worst drink. Oh, I, I do not care for the vanilla. I like yeah. vanilla, but the, like cream soda and vanilla Coke, not my, not my jam. I had this. Uh, I went to a Burger King last week because I started just going to Burger King all the time. Because you were in a commercial and yeah. now you've sold yourself on it. That's it. Well, you know, like I went to do the commercial and I ate some Burger King like like between scenes and was like, oh, you know, I really like this. And I'm there all the fucking time. And uh, the one that I went to this weekend had a had one of those new machines, uh, like the new soda fountains, where you can uh, you push a button on screen and like it, oh, this is you, the best. You choose the like type mm. of soda and the flavor additives and everything, and um, and I love like watching old white dudes in suits walk up to those and look really confused about how they work. <laughs> <laughs> they always do this thing where they like look around it to see if there's like other buttons, and they're like, "I don't, what is this?" And they take like five minutes before they put their cup down and start pushing <laughs> buttons, and like I did it. It took me like a minute to figure out how it worked the yeah. first time, yeah. but it's so much fun to watch. Oh yeah! And it's always like white guys with the same haircut in the same suit who like <laughs> came to get some fast food on their lunch break, and they're like, "Oh, I gotta get my soda pop." <laughs> There's a story I really love where uh, when they first created the mouse for computers, um, they children intuitively would pick it up and move it, and and then be able to scroll across the screen. Older people, however, would put the mouse down. And then drag it to the end of the table, then get like a book and then continue across the table. <laughs> and and just keep like it never occurred to them to pick it up and move it. And so that's why Solitaire is on every PC to teach people how to use a mouse. Oh. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Wait. How does Solitaire help you learn how to use a mouse? To click and drag. And oh. old people love solitary, <laughs> which is the thing. They hate being by themselves. Yeah. yeah. It's a win-win. So you were on a commercial? Yeah, I was in a Burger King ad like a couple months ago. So that now he hangs nice. out at Burger Kings and like, Constantly. anybody recognize yeah. me? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the cashiers give me a little like nod. Is it, oh, it's yeah. airing right now? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, oh, for the man. new crispy chicken sandwich. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. yeah. Can you give us a taste of your uh, your lines? Um, so it was all improvised, and they actually liked me what? enough that they had me improvise like for a couple extra hours because they had oh some extra God. room on their memory card. <laughs> um, but the, the the line that made it into the final cut of the commercial for me was, it's better than a lot of the chicken places I order from. Oh, <laughs> no. Which, like, it's, like, I said way better things than that. I don't know why they went with that, but that's oh what they went God. with. The and self-deprecating like, one. Yeah. Oh, man. I guess they took it from the angle of, like, that was kind of snarky. And, I'm like, yeah. and, and that, was, that was an improvised line. <laughs> And like the best. How many other chicken places do you order from? Don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) No, what it is is that there's a chicken place in NDG that I order from all the time. Um, Coast Barbecue. That's the one. Uh, But they were closed for like a year and a half or something because they had a fire in their kitchen, and they had just opened back up like maybe four or five months ago. So I hadn't ordered from them in a while. um, By the time I did this ad. So I'd been getting chicken from like other places that weren't good because I was the only oh, good chicken damn. place. Oh. So, you know, it's not true anymore because now Code St. Luke Barbecue is open again and their chicken is way better. 
But Burger King is better than a lot of the other yeah, chicken exactly. places. Yeah, exactly. A lot of them. Yeah. I feel like it's the same philosophy. Like, on an e-commerce site, you never want a five-star review because it sounds like you just made them all up. But Ooh, you want, like, a four-star. realized that. So that, like, people believe that there's actual... Because you know there's going to be some psychos out oh. there that are just like, it came in a box. What is this? And then they'll put, like, <laughs> one star. So <laughs> you want, like, a, a, a variety of mm-hmm. ones in there. You just want it to lean towards good. Yeah. Oh, oh that's good. My girlfriend owns a restaurant, and I keep... She just keep, like every time she gets like a one star, two star review, she's like, I, I need to keep it at five. Yeah. That's a good. Uh, yeah, you, you want you like want a mix. Balance. Yeah, because yeah. you see some some of the comments. It was it's like one was like, uh, I saw a comment was like, uh, I don't know, I like I, I couldn't find the garbage. I couldn't find the garbage <laughs> can. <laughs> one star. Right. You know what I mean? Like had nothing to do with the. Uh, yeah, but when you go through and you read them, you're like, well, that's not a complaint. Yeah. yeah. I used to. But cu- it, it counts. Still counts to the ultimate score, though. Yeah. Yeah, but you got to read the reviews. Yeah. I don't even look at the numbers. <laughs> no, not even. We're gonna start leaving five star reviews, but like writing like I couldn't find that garbage can. And it really ruined my dining experience. Five stars. I used to curate um, some of the the reviews, like just pulling out some of the the garbage ones that are just gibberish and um, you know like bots and stuff uh for a site that sold like natural um remedies and stuff like that and the people there would be like five star reviews in there but they were so bonkers that i was like do i leave this in like it's a good (laughs) review but he's like you know this tooth oil makes the aliens not talk to me anymore (laughs) is that good (laughs) yeah when you like screen cap and tweet and then delete it from the (laughs) from the archive Oh God! Uh, that's I feel like there's a lot of people out there with aliens talking to them, and they might want to see this review. Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe it does do that. Did you say tooth oil? Yes. Sorry, that just tooth that oil. just sunk in. That was a thing. What is a tooth oil? I don't know. <laughs> so for your 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 Patreon, you, you shout out all the people that. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we we give shout outs to everyone who pledges any amount to us, and then uh, you know from five dollars up, there's like actual perks that go along with it i'm gonna give i'm gonna give george poppy an extra shout out do you know george <laughs> george poppy yeah no oh, fair <laughs> well he's a, he's a local podcast person so i thought maybe yeah oh, no. i like uh, his name he's a good Big dude poppy? He's, uh, he's got a uh, podcast called digging in where he interviews like creatives and entrepreneurs and stuff about the work they're doing oh, okay so, cool stuff find so, him hit him up before we leave this topic i just mm-hmm. want to throw a question out at everybody um, so in terms of like, you know, Facebook and propaganda and all the stuff that's coming at us right now, I mean, our options are super limited. Like, do we regulate how people speak or is it just a question of, of, cause then we just give up all the power to the mm-hmm. people with the most money to, to be able to communicate through legitimate channels mm. or are we, is the answer to, you know, uh, put out as much you know, chatter as possible, all the opposing, um, information do like, how do you think we best handle, uh, some of this stuff that's going on now in terms of, you know, internet, um, you know, uh, pushing of different ideas. I think it all starts with empathy. Mm. It talks about empathy to empathize with somebody who might have like right off the bat, like a, just like a, like, uh, like an unfounded opinion that everyone knows is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Mm. To, to, to not shut those people down right away and to mm. empathize and try and figure out why they're posting on these hateful things on YouTube at 3.30 in the morning. Right. You know what I mean? To like, be open to the conversation. Yeah, to open mm. the conversation, to go that way. Because it's, 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 it's really easy to like, you know, like to, to fight back with the same type of, mm-hmm. you know, venom, I I'm, guess. And, I totally agree with you, and that's always uh, been my approach with people. If, like, if I, if I don't understand your point of view, like, I really want to sit down and understand why, and yeah. I'll mm. sit there and listen. I won't cut people off. I won't yell. I just, I just want to understand where they're coming from. But I also hear people who, you know, um, you know, are in positions where they're they're constantly being berated or, or you know, dealing with these kinds of uh, you know bigotry on a daily basis, and. I absolutely understand a position of it's not my job to make you a better person because mm-hmm. you're already making my life shitty. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I get that perspective too, that kind of anger and that response of like, do I need to invest all of my energy into changing your mind or do I just, you know, push my anger and my narrative into the world? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, I definitely agree with that part of it. Is <laughs> I personally don't have the energy for it. You know what right. I mean? And the, the idea that, you know, as a people, whatever people that were supposed to be like debating the validity of someone's life for whatever reason or their lifestyle is just ridiculous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like i don't see these things as debatable it's yeah, like i think we should just like push these people to a little corner of a room <laughs> and like yeah. just no one talk to them well the the idea that the act of actually like curating and concentrating on your own life or your own family's life you mm-hmm. know what i mean is a task that's like you know, that's in, it's like it is impossible to be perfect at that. You yeah. know what I mean? Everyone's striving for happiness in that regard, right? And like, I think a lot of frustration is is kind of projected onto outside things because mm-hmm. people have a hard time handling those fundamental things. That like, if those things in their immediate circle were okay, they wouldn't be doing you know the hateful things that they'd be doing. You know? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I get it. Like if you got a racist relative, there's not always so much you can do about it and yeah. at the same time you can't like make them not part of your family mm. i mean you just, i guess you, you just roast them at the barbecue <laughs> you just roast them roast his sho- make one of his shoes for a half hour what you do give him a hug and hopefully he changes yeah that's it like i feel like it you're right that it's hard to it's hard to change people's minds by arguing with them and like sometimes it's worth it to have like you know gentle conversations yeah, to try yeah. and change people's minds but a lot of the time it's better to just sort of like Accept that you're not going to change that person's mind and like move on to something better, you know, right? Like find a happier thread to talk about with them. (laughs) And I think that it does come down to, you know, like a rural person versus an urban person is going to have a really different experience of the world. Mm -hmm. And I get why one leans more conservative. They're a little bit more um, on their own, less dependent on public services, less um, exposed to different types of people, different types of culture. Um, and so if, if the dominant perception of the people in that area are one direction and then you come in stepping in saying like, like, I don't like some of where this is going, like you're just one voice in that pool. Right. And like I was saying before, it's that like um, collection of, of voices. It's hearing something over and over and over. And we're all so you know uh, influenced by what it is that the dominant narrative is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know if it's just about being louder and making it the dominant narrative or, you know, but it's also not the experience of the, maybe some of the people who are living different lifestyles. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so do you think that we as like, and I know we don't have huge audiences, but we are sort of social media influencers to some extent because we're people who, you know, put things out there, put ideas out there into the world, right? Like, do you think that we have a responsibility to be like like to our audiences to be putting out good positive ideas like do you how much how much of a, of a weight do you put on yourselves about that kind of that thing yeah well i mean i really do make make it a point to not put out any ideas that i don't like believe in mm-hmm. i mean i don't have an issue with like if we have a conversation a debate about something and like it needs to be known that this show does not approve of these ideas right. you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I'm trying to think of how it applies to our show. And it's like we're a racially diverse group of people on mm-hmm. our shows. And, like, we do have real conversations, like, where, like, it's sometimes I'm ask, asking legitimate questions, right. to, like, how Mike or Casey may feel in certain situations. Because fundamentally, I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And right. yeah. These types of conversations, it's like, that's, you know what I mean? That's, I think, the closest like we come to like furthering the conversation the conversation and, or giving like you know someone like someone like i was just listening to the radio someone saying like uh using the term a person of color they didn't like you being called a person of color anyone who's marginalized uh, an opportunity to have a platform to right. say that's maybe you know something that could be just a subtle thing just will make them feel uncomfortable when like otherwise you would have never known you know mm-hmm. right yeah, I've learned yeah, a lot by asking questions and listening to stuff like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think people uh, th- there is a bit of a trend because things are so hostile to to be closed off to some uncomfortable questions mm-hmm. and and not react well. But I, I do think it's important to be able to you know go out and with good intentions to be able to ask 
questions to change opinions. Yeah. yeah well, how, about, how about you? How do you feel about that? Yeah. Well, like that's it. Like the, so like I definitely, I resonate with like, I think it's important. I think it's important to be honest about where you're at with stuff. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, if that means having like a, a debate on the show about like, you know, I think this thing, well, I think this thing, like let's hash it out kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's really important and valuable. And I, I agree with you that like, there, I think that I have a responsibility as a producer to try and make sure that there is never anything toxic happening, right? Yeah. Right. Where it's like yeah. if if like tense conversations are happening, I need to make sure that they're happening out of a place of respect and like mm-hmm. like longing for understanding, right? Yeah. Totally. As opposed to like, well, you're an idiot. Well, you're a jackass. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, yeah, but it's so hard, right? It's yeah, passive it's aggressiveness so doesn't doesn't read well on no. one podcast. <laughs> so that's, that's the worst. When yeah. you hear some, some, I'd rather hear some people yelling at each other at the top of the lungs than hearing two people be passive aggressively. Totally. Each other. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I, like, right. I find myself drawn to like media and stuff now that is uh, at its heart positive. Mm-hmm. Where like um, there's so many anti heroes and there's so much of this thing out of dystopia. That like there was just a point I'm like yeah I can't do Walking Dead anymore right. just can't do it and then mm. I'm like I watched Parks and Rec for like you yeah. know, just things <laughs> that are have like all people you like coming from a yeah, likable yeah. place and but, that yeah. conflict might come from outside forces or at least like where everybody's doing their best totally like I love Star Trek because it's just always it's exceptional people doing their best yeah <laughs> um, yeah we've been watching The West Wing and like that's refreshing because it's nice to see someone like decent in office <laughs> it's also like it's nice because like even points of contention is that martin like, sheen yeah, yeah <laughs> i mean martin sheen is decent as he is you know but his, yeah. his character is at least like you know doing his best and like he, he's got heart right and like that that show all of the sort of political disagreements that happen are between people who one it's their job to disagree about politics and two like they they really believe and respect each other and like there it's it's always like what is in the best interest of the most people as opposed to like well i hate you and because you're different and it's like oh, cool it's it's actually like you know it's it's written well so yeah, that everything right. is because like, it's aaron sorkin talking to aaron sorkin yeah, exactly. <laughs> very quickly yeah, yeah. aaron sorkin figuring out what he believes while he types it right? yeah exactly <laughs> But I swear, like, if Pornhub just had, like, a category that was aspirational and it was just nothing but, like, puppies getting degrees and people giving each other hugs, I would just I would just sit there and watch it and yeah. jerk it all day. Yeah. I, thought, I, thought, <laughs> I, th- I really thought you were going to go with if Pornhub had an Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> <laughs> they all walk and talk and bone. Yeah. <laughs> You're now watching The West Wang. <laughs> Eat healthy. Exercise regularly. Take cold showers. Avoid sugar. Practice yoga. Drink more water. Meditate. Practice mindfulness. Wear barefoot shoes. Avoid fat. Eat more fat. Go Try vegan. paleo. Do CrossFit. Drink bone broth. Try black P90X. Try a 30 squats a day. Eat more day squats. Keto strongly good. Get more protein. Wear sun. Get more protein. Avoid the dirty dozen. Try a bar Drink Try Take an eye. Wear natural fiber. Use a Staying healthy can feel overwhelming at times. Sometimes it feels like you have to change all your habits just to meet the baseline. But sometimes, all it takes is one little change. Ether Kombucha contains four powerful probiotic strains along with essential vitamins and antioxidants, all in a delicious, refreshing package which helps regulate digestion, support the immune system, and aid in the body's natural detox processes. Living healthier can be a treat with Ether Kombucha. Ether Kombucha. Do what works for you. For more information, follow us on Instagram at Ether Kombucha. I'm Julian McKenzie, co-host of the Scrum Podcast, a sports show I'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime, Tristan Damore, on the UpFord Network. Every week, we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad's Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom. Topics of High Importance, a podcast where we get high and explore food, science, gaming, pop culture, and beyond. Filled with super tangents, 
forgetful flubs, and that awkward kind of tension that can only be produced by a married couple. Topics of high importance on the Upford Network. Join us, won't you? <laughs> Our second Patreon topic comes from Patrick, who asks, If you could delete one movie from history like it never even happened, what would you choose? I have trouble with this because I... We were just talking about like not wanting like negative stuff too much, right? And yeah. it's like this is a question that's like, what's uh, something that people worked really hard on that you hate and wish didn't exist? I'm gonna yeah. make your listeners so mad. Go that. for it, go for it. I do have an answer too. I just, <laughs> I'm going with Greece. Greece, yeah, the musical. Yes. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <I'm going with laughs> Why do you hate Greece? Greece. I, I, I just I've I've lived 34 years on this earth. I've I've seen Greece probably like. In full, in pieces, never all at once. In pieces, probably like forty times, like different, <laughs> really different, like seg- seg- segments of it. Wow. And How does that happen? Hydromatic, yeah. uh, whatever is it, systematic. systematic. I don't know. <laughs> Hydromatic. <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't know. I don't like people is that who grease. Yeah, I always thought that was like car wash or something. <laughs> yeah, he's just leaning against his whatever. I I I made up the entire movie in my head at this point. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, okay, let's play a fun little game. Sure, uh, sure, let's do this. What like, do you Gre- think is the plot of the movie Grease? <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so John Travolta, right? Mm-hmm. He 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 he's he wants to go after this girl who is Olivia Newton-John, mm-hmm. right? So uh, he gets himself a nice car. And um, he shows up uh, at school, and um, he he takes off his leather jacket, jacket, and puts it over his shoulder, and then he does a song and dance routine with him. And then she gives her, then then they, she gives him an HJ on uh, Lookout Point. Okay. <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's the plot. <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's the plot of <laughs> the film. Oh man! So you're close. <laughs> I love that hand job song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you hand job? So. Uh, there's a there's a hand jive in it. Is it? Oh, um, so HJ. So, so basically, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John met over the summer, had a little fling, didn't think they'd see each other again, and then, oops, she's the new girl at school. Um, but she's a little greasy. He's greasy. She's oh. very proper. Okay. Uh, so she changes herself to be more like his type, oh. and then regrets it, kind of. But they get together or something. They meet in the middle. They meet in the middle. I think. I, I kind of. Maybe I've never seen the whole movie. <laughs> oh man! Imagine I like I can I know all the music from it. I can picture so many scenes, but I actually couldn't tell you how that movie ends. It's just the references. The references that have like they've taken up so much time in my life. That That's fair. I, I want back. <laughs> well, are you, are you a musical fan? I I I I don't want to say no, but I haven't seen a musical that I really liked. No. That's fair. You're like a. You don't hate I them, see the potential but. in them, but I've never actually seen a musical that I like. I get Moulin that. Rouge. Sure. I, I did like Moulin Rouge. There you go. <laughs> I, did like I knew it. <laughs> You're right. But that was all. What's his name? Uh, what the, is his name? Uh, who's the charming? Uh, Lars? No, no the charming. The charming. Oh, Ewan McGregor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that was all. So EW. I'm like a huge musical person. E- that's my like, that's my thing. That's, yeah. And the musical that got me into musicals was Rent. Which, uh, if you've never seen Rand, I'd, re- I'd recommend it. It's uh, it's like a rock musical uh, about a bunch of artists in New York in the late 90s who hell have AIDS. Did you watch Saturday Night Live this weekend? I didn't. Oh my god, yo, they they, they did a high the, the the premise of like just to cut it, the premise to that was it was a high school uh musical. Then they were doing rant, but okay. they couldn't do that for the AIDS crisis. So they re- replaced the, they did everything, but they replaced the AIDS with diabetes. Oh no! So, so I'd recommend rent if you're looking for something a little less like. It still has the cheesy musical tropes of like people bursting into song at random times, and you know that it's hard to get around that. Yeah, you can't that get around is- that kind of the premise of a musical <laughs> yeah yeah but i think uh well, the it's, H, it's dark like it's, the hiv thing is that's it. dark isn't it it's dark but it's also fun i don't know it's uh, <laughs> yeah I, I that's that's my like that's the that one should be that, on the poster you know, yeah. Yeah. dark but <laughs> rent is the one that got me into musicals when i was like 16 and thought musicals were just okay okay so I, that was my like I'm yeah. going to throw this out there. I don't know that it holds up as well. I very much enjoyed it when I was in high school, but I think looking back on it, it's a little tonally weird. Which one, Rent? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't think it's 
I don't think it's great. I just love it. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean by tonally weird? I just think that there's some things that are... It, so it's supposed to be a reimagining of uh, La Boheme, which is an opera, okay. um, which was like a, a lady dies of consumption and they have all their bohemian friends and stuff. And um, uh, I just think that there's some things that come off maybe flippant or like it's for the 90s when it came out, like definitely groundbreaking yeah. and definitely I, I just think the conversation is moved beyond in a way that makes mm-hmm. it a little bit trite. Oh, okay. mm, Not yeah. bad, just kind of I, I can't think of anything that's like offensive. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things now that I've 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 recognized that are the same type of thing. We said so we we were talking about the word delinquent mm. <laughs> the mm. other day, where like ten years ago, like delinquent like meant the actual word. Now if you say delinquent, it sounds like you're saying like a slur. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, some things don't stand the, te- the test of time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's definitely like you know I. I have this issue with current TV where I don't like it aesthetically a lot of the time. Like a lot of the time it's the same like dark filter over everything and yeah, everything yeah. is just like post you know, breaking bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 all very serious and full of itself and yeah. the, the shots are drawn out and they don't bother doing twenty episode seasons anymore because it's a Netflix model. Yeah. And so I love watching shows from like the nineties and like the early two thousands. But like, yeah, a lot of the time, you know, you kinda have to sift through the you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's things where you're like, Oh, this character is just like kind of a huge misogynist the yeah. show like yeah. oh, yeah. you know like it's still like fun and you can still enjoy it but like you sit there and every time something happens like that you're kind of like <laughs> yeah it's the one-dimensional female characters yeah it's oh, like that yeah. is the, brutal the wives yeah. Yeah, the wives. wives. Yep. Jesus Christ! I grew up thinking that I hated women, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized it was just like very poorly written women on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> women in offices, like there's yeah. wives, women in offices. Yeah. yeah, no, it just turns out they're all terrible, and that's why I wanted to be John McClane. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just all geared towards like this is who you want to be. But do you think women writers at the time, like there weren't many, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think they existed. Yeah. <laughs> but the ones that existed, do you think that they, they were writing for their audience, which would be the producers? The yeah. Movie producers? It's the same thing that happens with anything like that. When you get like a, a black writer from a predominantly white time, it's yeah. like to break through, you have to fucking sell out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, totally. Same thing with women. Yeah, if you want a voice at the table, you have to make the the concessions yeah. to to be able to stay there. Yeah, um, and it's tough because I think we're making progress with that stuff now. Like, there's a lot more like women and oh, like definitely. you know minorities like doing writing in in big roles. But like, it kind of a lot of them had to sort of work their way up, right? Mm-hmm. You had to sort of start, you know. Well, Mike was saying with this the other day is that there's which I found really interesting is that since it's becoming more it, like better and better for women to be uh, getting roles as writers or as comedians. There's going to be, s- there's like a, a wealth of funny out there. There's a wealth mm-hmm. of yeah. interesting things that are out there that haven't been, you know, spoken about or like, yeah. uh, like, uh, like observations just haven't been like untapped because yeah, you're not getting voice. that perspective. Yeah, totally. And sometimes it, I think it is a question of like, they have been creating this, you know, curating one audience for so long that uh, they don't know how to make something that isn't for them. Mm. So something that uh, one portion of the community is going to really love, but maybe this portion of the community that is the regular audience isn't going to get. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, and so they just, oh, it's not marketable. Uh, so that just ends up with a cutting room floor. But I was I was listening to the the Bechdel test and they, they went to, uh, which is a podcast that talks about like women in, um, in film. And they it's did Allison, uh, what? Allison Bechdel. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But she's not on name? it. I, I'm not sure. Oh, but oh. it's another couple of women. Okay, okay. It's very good. But uh, they did Men in Black, which is a delightfully fun movie. But like they point out, like none of the aliens in like creatures in movies are never female, for huh. whatever reason. I think there's one because the joke is that like it gives birth to a squid, um, but that the one female <laughs> character in the movie literally gets picked up and thrown off the like the scene uh during the big battle like they're all standing there with with guns and then she just gets picked up and thrown into the tree for the rest of the movie wow yeah that's crazy 
Yeah, and you know what? I'm pretty sure that like mo- like I'll, I'm not gonna throw a percentage on it, but yeah. like I'm pretty sure that some of the time it's like just an oversight. It's just because there's yeah. not enough women in the room to yeah. notice so, that. Like to notice it, yeah. right? You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. <laughs> like none of us like, like thought of it. Yeah, yeah. there's no it. one in the room going, "Hey, hang on a second, maybe we can have a good female character." Because yeah. no one, yeah. And I didn't notice a lot of that stuff like growing up, but like I think they say that like 60, 70 percent of background artists are all men. So even in crowd scenes, there are no women like anywhere. They're just gone. (laughs) Oh, weird. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, I, I think I. So I was saying before I hate like modern shows but i think that i'm gonna fix that and say i hate modern drama like because a lot of modern sitcoms are fantastic like because they've sort of they've moved away from the old like laugh track kind of setup and everything is like you know the office kind of made a renaissance there Mm -hmm. and now there's like so many more like female-led comedies Mm -hmm. and like writers rooms that are diverse and people like of various backgrounds actually contributing to the storylines and everything and like there have been some major leaps there over the past few years. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But I can't watch, like, we tried to watch, oh, God, what is it called? The Alienist. It's this oh, new series it, on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. It's, like, uh, set in, like, 1890s New York. Um, and uh, it's a costume drama and, like, Dakota Fanning and, like, the guy who played Gaston and the Beauty and the Beast are in it. And <laughs> oh, we were yeah. like, let's give this a shot. <laughs> and within 10 minutes, we'd realized that all the outdoor shots seemed like they were aggressively CGI and, like, it was the same <laughs> color palette as everything else, just all Aww. gray and a bit of yellow. And then there was, like, a, dis- like a, a dismembered child on screen. And we're like... Fuck this. Let's watch Suits. <laughs> at least, like, you know, Suits is dumb, but it's, like, it's bright and kind of, like, yeah. fun drama. Like, you don't get enough of that these days. Yeah. I um, will, like, give a little bit of a shout-out to, the, like, the old sitcom format with, like, the laugh tracks. Because the, the British still do it. And they, mm. they have, like, a special little place in their heart for it. And uh, they, they, they really like that, like, traditional sitcom. And I, there was one I was watching, and I found it difficult to watch because it is straight up, like, a live studio audience. They make jokes, and the, mm-hmm. everybody stops and laughs. And I'm so unaccustomed watching anything yeah. like that anymore. But the show is actually really, like, it's this one woman's perspective. She's got a really unique voice. Like, there are really good things about it. And you just have to kind of recalibrate your brain to, like, watch something that's kind of out of favor yeah well i think any medium can have like it's good and bad points right mm-hmm. like frazier was fantastic and frazier <laughs> or is, so you say like frazier is wonderful and yeah it's it's a multi-camera staged mm-hmm. laugh track not laugh track live audience but like yeah you know it is that daphne was pretty fine though too daphne was great and 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 daphne and Roz like I Ross. think I think Ooh. most of the characters on Frasier are kind of one-dimensional, but it's like the evenly, sports guy. The sports guy is he's so, extremely one-dimensional. Yeah, one-dimensional. <laughs> but it's it's nice because it's evenly distributed between like the men and the women on the show. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like the men are like great characters and the women are just sort of secondary. Everyone sort of feels similarly like well, the men are kind a of a little fleshed uh, out, kind of uh, light in the loafers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're they're all dumbasses. <laughs> I'm not sure I do. <laughs> Well, like Niles and Fraser, just not like a type A guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that, they're, they're all like, they're all terrible at things. Yeah, they're they're yeah. all yeah. awful, and that's that's what makes it work, you know? Yeah, no, I love that show, man. It's great. It's yeah. So funny. So, so, so I want to hear the other. Yeah, I'm no, Greece. Yeah, Greece. You're saying Greece. I'm saying Whiplash. For oh, exactly really? the reasons I was just talking about. It's one color palette. It's like dark and like needlessly dark. Like I don't want to watch a movie that's like just like two hours of like, ooh, look at how pretty these shots can be. And like, let's glorify the idea of like killing yourself for your art. And like, how much can we make this guy sweat and bleed on drums while a guy shouts and bulges like veins <laughs> oh, out of his neck? Like that, I was like, I know the title. That's the it's drum, the drum one. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's, it's upsetting. Cause it's like the, everyone who like was hailed as having a great performance in that movie. It was just because they like pushed their bodies really far. It's JK Simmons yeah. was like, Oh, you did such a good job shouting. And Miles Teller was like, Oh, you just like allowed yourself to drum for a very long time so your hands would bleed and you like, you know, <laughs> looked upset about it. Like it's not it's not a good movie. It is and, not I, I, you are convincing me. Right? <laughs> and like and the love interest, we meet her for like two seconds. He awkwardly hits on her at the movie theater. We don't see her for twenty minutes, and then he breaks up with her and says, I'm sorry, I have to like focus on my art, like it's so important. And like 
they set that up to make it seem like we're supposed to see like, oh, you know, he's so dedicated to his art that he's like breaking off this important relationship. But we saw her for like literally five minutes of screen time. So like we don't care about yeah, her. It's impossible to like be invested in that relationship and believe that it's a sacrifice if we see her for two minutes and then no. she leaves. See, I'm, I'm going to defend this movie because a J.K. Simmons is the bomb. He's yeah, just of course. The fucking best. Of course. And he just deserves... kidding, Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I loved him in uh, Legend of Korra. You know what? I, I he's the best. The, but... I, a guy came up to me late at a bar one night and just kind of like lightly stroked my like my hand up my arm, and he looked exactly like J.K. Simmons. <laughs> I would have said so, yes, just yes. Yeah. And now, and I, every time I see him, I feel these. I would get like goosebumps. <laughs> Anyways, that's my J.K. Simmons story. <laughs> But I, as somebody married to a, a musician, uh, and like I think there are things in there that resonate with with especially classical musicians and and the way that they uh, commit themselves to music. Hmm. Um, that I, I do think that they like if you don't think of it as a relationship because the girl's really not important in that movie. It's really this kid's relationship with music, mm-hmm. and the point was not that. Uh, glorifying how much he was able to abuse himself for it. The point was that he shouldn't have to, Hmm. um, that that was a choice that was being forced on. And that's how a lot of the musical institutions really like, they try to break you down like the old school way of doing it. Um, so I, I do think that that movie, I like that movie. So, Mm. I'm just gonna say I like that movie. That's I haven't fair, seen yeah. it, but I'll agree with you. <laughs> I think I, I I hear what you're saying. I think that there's something dangerous about putting out there the idea that like the only way to be a good musician is to destroy yourself in the process. And I know that like you can make the case that like this movie was specifically saying like yeah, yeah. it is you know bad to destroy yourself, but I think it doesn't make that message clear enough. And so it's one of those things where I heard a lot of people in the wake of that movie being like, man, it's like so cool how he destroyed himself for his art. And like, no, I'm I'm going to piggyback on my movie selection. And it's actually a movie I really like. Uh, So I'm uh, I'm sad I have to say it, but Fight Club. Yep. Which I fucking love. But it's the same thing where a lot of people kind of miss the message of that (laughs) movie. And there's a huge audience of people who are like, yeah. Let's fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why didn't I think of that? I got, I got a concrete basement. Let's, look at Let's destroy everything, which is not the point of that movie. Yeah. But I, well, I mean, the way I saw it, I saw it is that, they, you know, I mean, music should be fun. I mean, this kid mm-hmm. was like, wasn't like at the base of it for me was like, there's, there, there's going to be assholes that, you know, are going to try and take things that are fun and not make them fun right. because they're going to be, you know, they're going to put their own agenda on it. You know what I mean? Like this guy had his own agenda trying to break this kid down and you know what I mean? And just this kid, it was like, he's, it, it took something this kid loved and it, it turned it into just nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was like, and, but and totally it just kind of looked the same, felt the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was honestly like like the message aside because like I agree like the message could be either way. Well, because he like had the dangerous. there was like an alternative kind of hero. It was like a jazz musician that yeah. he loved, and it was like another path. But yeah. in in terms of like the the institutions that teach those things, if you're going to go to Juilliard, if you're going to be in those kind of conservatory environments. Um, there, there is an old school strain of people that will try to break you down. Totally. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean. Like my, I think my bigger issues are the sort of like aesthetics and the like way that his relationship with, um, oh, Supergirl actress, um, Melissa Benoit. I don't know. The, the love interest in that movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I think those are my two bigger issues, mm-hmm. uh, but that the message of it just like, you know, I would have maybe overlooked those things if I'd been like, wow, this movie really like touched my heart. But, but because it didn't, I'm like, <laughs> also it's too yellow. <laughs> it is. It is That's too a, yellow. It's just, it's like he put a yellow filter over the whole thing and mm-hmm. too yeah. much wood. Yeah. Too much wood. Huh? There's wood everywhere. There's wood in the drum studio rooms. There's wood in the halls that he's shooting. The just wood, oh, wood man. instruments, cellos, violins. I can't watch movies about musicians though. I like can't handle the like romanticism of like selfishness. Have yeah. you seen the Jim Morrison The Doors? The oh, a biopic, the that's, Oliver Stone one. Yeah, that's like the epitome oh, of that. I hate that, that yeah, shit I, so much. Yeah, me too. I hate that. It's like this idea that you have to sacrifice 
everyone else to your art yeah, yeah that's yeah. essentially what it is it's like sacrificing everyone else yeah, yeah, yeah your family your friends yeah, your, it's, uh, yeah. it's terrible that's it i'm only sacrificing my family and friends if it means i can summon a blue eyes <laughs> <laughs> i've just been binging Yu-Gi-Oh for the past like two weeks <laughs> don't get me started mike what about you what's a movie you get Man, out of? it's hard i like thought about it for a while and i really i don't want to take anything away from the canon of cinema everything leads to everything else if i take something away the butterfly effect could be catastrophic so true you'd have to like you'd have to get rid of a movie that came out in the past month in order for it to be safe (laughs) Ah. i was just thinking about that i was watching um season two of uh westworld and i i I was martin sheen (laughs) (laughs) i was super psyched when they announced that they were going to make that a tv show because i i actually do like the original movie i've seen that it's oh that's a terrible it's real bad it's terrible it definitely influenced like terminator is exactly the westworld yeah yeah uh but i love the idea that somebody watched that movie which does not hold up well uh and then grew up and then made this tv series that has so many more complex ideas to it and so many so much more nuance to it and they they breathe that in but like there was something that stuck with them about that aesthetic and that idea yeah. that kind of grew into something else yeah yeah fair enough yeah 100 percent true yeah. yeah cool man you got nothing no i really couldn't think of it you, the only what, what, movie i could what about think ufc of. 16 <laughs> ufc i haven't seen that one. Oh, no. <laughs> there was this movie uh like Blue is the warmest color. Oh, yo, the sure. one that was yeah. like three hours long. Yeah, I'd get rid three of that. Three and a half. I, <laughs> yeah, saw that in, I saw that in cinema. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh, man. I yeah. hate how everyone loved it. It was terrible. Three hour long movies can fuck off forever. Yeah. yeah. You're just waiting. Three, it's just literally waiting for it's the, 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 three it's and a half hours little, to wait for an oral sex. Yeah, scene. long sex <laughs> scenes. Yeah. That's it. It's like, come on. I feel that way about like the machinist. Like it got such like big hype, but I'm like, okay, Christian Bale nearly killed himself, and now he looks dead on screen, and there's no like energy or life that yeah. he's bringing into this part. And this movie is boring as shit. Yeah. If I wanted to watch a low energy Christian Bale movie, I'd watch Newsies. <laughs> there's that one scene where he's dancing, and he just kind of looks like he was drunk for half of it, and all the background dancers have the choreography nailed, <laughs> and he's just like. Ugh, ugh. Sorry, I was into Swing Kids, and I, I don't think I ever watched Newsies all the way through. I been, I played a Newsie in high school. Which one? I, I don't know. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> what are Newsies? Yeah. Newsies. Yeah, exactly. We just talking about that. Yeah, we were just talking about the car. We were talking about maybe that's, was was that in the 20s? That's got it. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So that, maybe that's the start of the celebrity culture. It's like, uh, here's the... Papes. Yeah. Get your papes. <laughs> Newspapers with whoever is... Uh... I mean, that's certainly like, yeah, tabloid. Like, the the further you get, like, the bigger the megaphone for people's voices, like, the more the influence kind of ramps up. Hmm. But we've... I think our brains just have always been wired the same way. Uh, like, if you had a monarchy and you gossip about, you know, the, the royal family and, you know, the upper classes and mm-hmm. uh, that stuff has always been there. I mean, like every country had a, a different name for syphilis. And like in England, it was a French disease. In France, it was the English disease. And, like it was whoever you didn't like. They Amazing. were responsible. I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's yeah. awesome. Did any of you guys tune into the royal wedding at all? No, 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 no. I watched it for just long enough to see a cellist playing. Uh, like I was watching it on the toilet, so I didn't turn the volume on. Oh, so it was just a silent video feed of a cellist, and then it cut. Like it's like a slow zoom on him for a couple minutes, and then it cuts awkwardly to James Corden looking like he really fucking hates the cellist. <laughs> <laughs> and that was nice. That was a nice part to tune in for. I can say when I'm in the bathroom, I put the sound all the way up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. I just always worry that people are going to hear me listening to something from outside the bathroom and be like, what is he like? What is he listening to on the toilet? Do you do that? Do you do that in public bathrooms? No. Okay. (laughs) There's just always at least one other person in my house. Okay. It's like, I don't want, I don't want anyone to know what I'm watching. I don't want people to know that I'm watching a cellist. I like having, I like having really serious uh, phone conversations, like pretend (laughs) phone conversations. (laughs) Just I like will not visit well. mother in the hospital until next week. <laughs> Sometimes I like to yell at my poops like JK Simmons. <laughs> not my tempo. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that brings us to the end of our show for the week. 
if you guys like this, uh, rate and review us on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. We've got a new episode of our Jeopardy bonus series uh, that we're going to release when we get to 40 Stitcher reviews or 500 likes on our Facebook page. So if you haven't left a review on Stitcher or liked our Facebook page yet, go do it. You'll get some Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can subscribe to this show on your podcast app of choice. Uh, share this episode with a friend who, um, oh, I don't know. What do we got for this one? Talks on the toilet. Talks on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> share share yeah. this episode with a friend who hates the cello. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yo, or, you if, if you hate the cello, you're, you're not you're not good with me, man. Yeah, I Listen. love the cello. The yeah, cello love is the cello. wonderful. Yeah, amazing. Uh, you could also share this episode with James Corden, if you know him. Uh, or J.K. Simmons. Or J.K. Simmons. Love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Down With Talking and each of us individually. I'm at Tom Zalatni. I'm at Boxless Thoughts. Jay Lindsay, yo. What, what are we doing right now? We're plugging something? Yeah, you want Twitter handle? Uh, yeah, I'm Fred5 Cannonhead. Perfect. Um, and uh, yeah, does anyone have any shows to plug? Yeah, plug uh, uh, Lasers on the Ride, our podcast. Yeah. Please tune in. Yeah, you can find it at uh, hella.diamond slash lasers on the ride. Or when does this come out, by the way? This will be out tomorrow morning. Okay, oh, well, yeah. next Monday, catch Tom on our show. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And you couldn't make it. No, well, well, I wasn't asked. Oh. I, I didn't know how many. Mi- <laughs> I assumed Damn. you guys had a. Four Ooh, I just threw you under the bus. <laughs> I assumed you had a four no, no, no. microphone set up. I told Kate you was, it was the a first one to message me, so I was like, okay, Kate comes with me because she said she wants to do it. And Honestly, yeah. I'd always choose Kate if it's an option between me and Kate. Choose Kate every time. It, it was. Up, it would have been a like, pleasure to have you. Oh well, yeah. well we got this chance. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. that's it. That was part of it. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a different host for that night. Yeah. Uh, but part of it was just that Kate like saw the thread, like when I was chatting. Yeah, yeah. She was like, hey, uh, notice that you've been talking about doing a guest spot with those guys. I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I so I didn't even have way. to ask other people. I was just like, all right, cool. Let's nice. do it. Uh, well, uh, I have a show on Sunday at Montreal <laughs> Improv, uh, Virginia Wolf. Oh, nice. Uh, so we will be riffing on classic uh, Virginia Wolf jams. <laughs> That's it. I got a good Virginia Wolf joke. Yeah. yeah, you remember the 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 uh, the first person shooter computer game Wolfenstein? Yeah, Virginia Wolfenstein. I I would play the shit Wolf- out of Wolfenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein, yeah. Virginia Wolfenstein. Oh, man. I wanted to, that to be my Twitter handle, but <laughs> two thousand one token. Yeah. Put the three D at the end. Yeah. Yo, too late. So uh, sorry. Yeah, what was your plug? I, I oh, uh, on Sunday night at uh, Montreal Improv Theater. Nice. Cool. There will be a link to that in the description as well as a link to hella.diamond slash lasers. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything of my own to plug for this week, uh, but we just launched a new show on the Upford Network called Yeah. It's a young adult literature podcast. So uh, go check that out. There will be links all over the place for it. Uh, yeah, special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP Benson as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com. They're also doing a GoFundMe campaign right now to raise money for their new album, El Casino. Got it right this time. Uh, you can click the link in the description of this episode to go show them some love. The show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, for the Upford Network. You can find out about all our great shows at upfordnetwork.com. Jay and Mike, thanks so much for coming. Tom, thank you. Us. Tom, you're a professional, man. Oh, I tried. <laughs> Adrian, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, guys. Cool. Right. Yeah, so super fun. Our pleasure. Oh, bye. Yes, come to see you. I say now, Benson, Benson, Joe. Benson, 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 Benson,